to Sell Denver with Brian Smith and Sean Modry. We brought the boys back for this one. Our special guests, Keith Alba and Tyson Mullis. Whoop, whoop. Hey, hey. What's new, up, guys? New year, new podcast. Fun, huh? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I went back. I listened to the first one we ever did. And um, I would have to say we're definitely a lot better now than we used to be. And uh, we all made some predictions and talked about what the market has in store for us. So we're going to kind of go over that and see how we did, see how we did in predicting. So uh, I think the first thing we're going to do is just kind of talk about some of the predictions that were made. Um, I think when I re-listened to the podcast, one of the first ones was Tyson talked about how for several years we had a $100,000 increase in prices. I think it was from 2000 and. 18 all the way through 2022 or 2021 actually and then all of a sudden um, we didn't have a hundred thousand dollar price increase so how do we do last year for average sales closed uh, price wait wait. he had a prediction though well that's we're going to get to that one oh okay the second one okay okay so how do we do so what happened and what is the saying real fast like don't let your mouth write a check that your butt can't cash is that it (laughs) I'll just start with that. Well, I would have to say, actually, that one was pretty accurate. This first one was pretty accurate because the average sales price um, went up 4%. And 4% of you know, a little over 700000 730000 was not a $100,000 increase like we had seen throughout the late 2000s, so the 15, 16, 17, 18. Um, and so that was pretty accurate, Tyson. So good job. Hey, I... I just follow uh, I, I follow science, science. and, and science. Line, line charts. They tell me what to tell you guys. So yeah, yep. And also another prediction that you made was that uh, we wouldn't hit the top level that we hit in 2022 for highest ever sales price, which was I think like eight fifteen, eight nineteen, something like that, right? And once again, you were right, Tyson. Nice. I mean, come on. Yeah. The, why, uh, am I, why is the podcast not with us three? Yeah. Is it, why yeah. is it just you two always? Yeah. <laughs> the, the average sales price just touched just under $800,000 for the year. So we did not surpass the highest ever price in the Denver market. And if I remember on that podcast, you and I, Tyson and I were both the um, black hats, we'll say. Yes. Right? We were, we were not excited about the future. However, the market was much better than I thought it was going to be. I agree with that. Yeah. Better than January of last year. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was going to continue. I thought we were going to see a lot more foreclosures and a lot more um, distressed homeowners. And however, we are seeing some, you know, you know, we are marketing to those and seeing a result from that, but not at near the levels that I, I was. Well, let's we'll talk be- about that, shall we, Sean? Yes. <laughs> It's interesting on, on that front. I, I watched the weekly NED list. Yeah. Um, and so I'll get the notice of elections and bans, and I'll also get copies of the certificate of purchases that were issued oh. for that week during the month. Um, so somewhere between 80 and 100 NEDs are getting filed uh, weekly, is what I'm saying yeah. on pretty average. And, of and that, wait, wait, of what that, markets are you looking at? This is the de- for Colorado. This is state. Oh, okay. The whole state. Okay. Across the state. Yeah. yeah. So 80 to 100 on average is, is the typical foreclosure starts. 10 to 12 come out the other side yeah. on a weekly basis and going through the, the full foreclosure process. Mm-hmm. Of those 10 to 12, maybe 30% are going back to the banks. There's yeah. like two to four on a weekly basis. So there's not a lot. That's what you're saying. Private investors are, are the majority of them that are buying them at the trustee sale for flips or holds or something along those lines. But the number of actual REOs that are coming out is minimal. Well, it's interesting. We we market, so we do a mailer every week. And so it's an eight-piece mailer. It goes out week one, it hits on the NED. Week two, we send another one. And then, so it layers. So you can imagine by like week... Eight, you have people who are getting number eight, somebody's getting number one, and people all the way through one through seven. So it's really a major spreadsheet that we have to manage to do this. And what we're finding is the same thing that you're talking about, is they're falling off somewhere in the middle, right? Like about week four, week five, but they're um, they're getting loan mods. They're getting, lo- they're getting um, um, loan modifications and forbearances that are saving them, that are pulling them out. And some of these, like because we're in communication with some of these people, some of these loan mods are ridiculous. Like, you know, they're taking 
$15,000 of payments and arrears and interest in arrears and just doing silent seconds with people with no jobs. No Just, job, just no to job. keep them in their house. Just to keep them in the home. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's a delayed foreclosure. It's, it's crazy. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's interesting. Why aren't they selling, though? That's the question because I would probably yeah. guess most people have a lot of equity. Well, the easy answer is because... Where are you going to move? Nowhere to go. Yeah, that's true. That's the problem. That is true. Yeah. And, okay. and like the one, you know, specifically I had one where the gentleman's in jail. She's an Uber driver. The payment's 2200 a month. The house is worth about just under 500 485 She owes 260 right? Um, her, her payment's pretty high, right? Because she's got not a great loan on it. Um, they gave her a loan mod. Um, and uh, what, what, now I forgot why I was going to say this. Um, oh, her equity. So, you know, we were encouraging her, you know, why don't we get you sold, use this equity, go rent, we'll rebuild your credit, and we'll sell you something that's more affordable. Because she wants to go buy something. But her credit's so bad, they, they can't buy anything. But if you actually look at it, there's no way for her to actually sell, rent, save money, recover, and then rebuy. So the best option was her taking that loan mod. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on and, and let's talk about... Uh, Brian was like, this boring. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> Wait a second. We're talking Hang stats on. here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I have a... Snoozer? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I want buttons, too. I'll, I'll be quiet today. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Let's move uh, and to finish on prices. Okay, we did finish as uh, seven hundred thirty thousand nine hundred ninety eight as the average closed price, uh, which was the highest that Denver has ever seen. So the prices still went up four percent, uh, but it was not the highest price ever ending the year. I think it was a typical year. You know, prices went up in the summer and they came down in the uh, seasonality months in the uh, winter, and so we saw the same kind of trend. Uh, let's talk about interest rates. Looking like the average price peaked in mid-year, June-ish. Yep, it was uh, June was the highest, right? Let's talk about interest rates because um, I will admit that I didn't believe interest rates would go up as high as they did. Mm-hmm. They didn't go up as high as what Sean predicted, which was ten uh, percent. Did I? I did not say. You that. did say that. Go back and listen to it. <laughs> okay. And um, this is the credit cards you're, you're out here. Estimating is not my superpower. <laughs> I heard somebody's Lowe's credit card interest rate was 33%. What? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So, That's crazy. Sorry. Keep going. Uh, but the good news is, is that interest rates did uh, fall toward the end of the year. And so they started out, when we did the podcast, they were around 6.5%. They went up as high as a little over 8 And now they're in the high sixes, I would imagine, is kind of what I'm hearing. Is that what you guys are hearing? Around just over 65 6.5%. Yeah. Okay. And so... Um, I think a lot of people are predicting for those to continue to come down uh, this year, which would be great because we did talk a lot about affordability the first time we got together. So let's talk about affordability right now. Uh, what are we seeing in affordability? That's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still don't think it's affordable. <laughs> Uh, Indiana's looking good. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> West Virginia. Seriously. Yeah, there's plenty of affordable places. Yeah. Just well, not one of, here. One of the th- points that you made, Sean, in the podcast, the first one was you talked about migration mm. and you talked about how that kind of drives the housing market. And for the second year in a row, we actually had about a half a percent uh, more people leaving the state than coming to the state. Yeah. Two years in a row now for Colorado. Okay, so do we see the market slowing down because of uh, migration, or is it going to speed up because of interest rates? Too many other states are legalizing marijuana, and that was our original boom, right? Is once <laughs> yeah. we, we did that, that's when everybody wanted to come to Colorado, and now that all the states are following suit, everyone's like, oh, I well, can get this anywhere. We don't have to stay <laughs> here and pay these high prices in Colorado. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to bring up politics, but that plays a huge role in migration. I know a lot of the people that I have that are moving out of state are moving out of state to pursue areas that have that are more in alignment with their politics. And, you know, Colorado has shifted you know, I would say in the past 10 years, greatly politically. And I think that's, you know, pushing people to to look for. And I think that's what's great about America, by the way. I mean, I'm, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, so will that continue? Right. Um, I think that's an interesting 
I'm hoping so. I'm hoping everyone in California leaves California, and then I can actually afford to move to California. <laughs> That's a <laughs> beautiful <your> state. <laughs> I get it, but everyone's like, right now, man, it's Texas, yeah. Florida, Carolinas. It's, yeah. it's affordable. It's affordable. Yeah, people are moving for affordability. And then a lot of commercial growth is there. Mm-hmm. Job opportunities, all those type of things. However, but, though, I think it's fair to say that there's, there's also um, – you know, increased population from from births, right? So we're seeing an increase in births. We're seeing a lot of people moving here. You know, um, the talk talk about like a migration from. You know, I hate to use a illegal migration. That's a horrible term, but you know, there's a lot of people moving here because of that, right? Um, because of migration, and that has an impact on the housing. Right, because that's increased, and so that that's going to put pressure on rents, higher pressure on rents, retains housing affordability or housing um, uh, prices, right? Because the higher you're getting for rent, the higher you value your property. So, I don't think those things are going to change in Colorado. I think it's actually going to get worse. Uh, yeah. I mean, people are about to find out what their new payments are going to be with the new tax uh, yeah. bills that are going to be uh, certified by the, the county assessors here this month. And, and so prices are going to change there. I'm not seeing it too much in Colorado or not as extreme, but insurance premiums are oh, yeah. going crazy. I saw a stat the other day. It was increase in Florida, like 42%. Yeah. So almost a 50% increase in, in homeowner insurance uh, for, for Floridians. Colorado, what I'm hearing is is more the policies are changing and deductibles are going higher. Mm. So there are some companies out there that are 1% uh, deductible. They may be pushing that to a 2%. Mm. Um, so of your valuation, your deductible is now 2%. So What I go over all the time is PITI, right? That's your, that's your monthly payment. And that's what affordability is. And so PITI, right? So principal, that was going up. When we were going above ask price, home prices were going up. That's because ITI was affordable. Well, then we all got in with our new high principal, and interest rates went up, taxes went up, and insurance went up. Yeah. And so now it's like the monthly payment, the percentage of money that's going out to just your mortgage. Oh, yeah, don't forget that uh, groceries cost more. Yeah. And don't forget that going out now is I only have a family of three, and I'm dropping 50 bucks. Yeah. Right, where are you going, Cuba? Yeah, that's cheap, dude. I know. <laughs> but well, still, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because I like had an anxiety attack the other day because you know I'm turning fifty next month, so I'm starting to think. As okay, you should then, yes, yeah, yeah, right. I'm thinking, okay, like you know, I got to start figuring out like what is not working going to look like, right? Right. And I realized that my taxes are more than my first house payment. There. Hmm. P-I-T-I, my first house yep. payment, my taxes are more than that today. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. what's 20 years going to look like? Houses paid off. P- get rid of the first P-I. Just T-I alone. Yeah. Your monthly payment? Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous. ridiculous. Well, you, you have to understand, though, that taxes in Colorado for property taxes are a lot lower than a lot of other areas. Where I'm from in Chicago, I mean, it's way more expensive. It's, it's over 2%. Yeah. And so, you know, I think we still have a pretty good thing. The problem is, is that our values increase so quickly that uh, everybody's now catching up you know and it's like worldwide though yeah you're right everybody wants their part their house to be worth more but they don't want to have to pay the taxes based on that high valuation okay so the, that's true that, and what bothers me though is everybody is so bent out of like i don't want to lose this equity that i've just been gifted right that's what kills me yeah, yeah. like yeah. that was that was uh, that wasn't natural okay yeah. don't expect that yeah. and so just because you it was given to you at it's okay if it goes away. Yeah. As long as we all play in the same market, it's going to be okay. Right. But no, people are holding on to it. Nobody's spending their tax gains right. Right? Yeah. from their stocks and, and whatever. But yeah. with the equity, it, as soon as it hits that number, it's theirs, right? Right. That's right. It belongs to them. It's like it's in their bank. But well, well, we, well, well, on that, just to add, I mean, that's obviously because in America, you know, what is it? The homeowners have 40 times the wealth as renters, Right. 90% of their wealth is their equity in their home, mm, right? right? That's the thing. So when that goes up, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm doing good. And then when it goes down, you're like, oh, man, I'm not doing good anymore. Like, this is a big setback. So, Right. Well, equity didn't go down. Equity actually increased because average sales price increased. And uh, the other thing that I think is interesting is we had our lowest number of transactions 
in a year in the last five years. Yeah. Okay, so... Weren't we projecting like almost 20% less and it finished out like 16? It was like 17 or 18, yeah. So than the yeah, year before. Yeah, so it was, we were pretty close with, right. with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you, Nar and Gary Keller, for making those predictions because I think we all just kind of repeated what they said. Right. And this year, they're predicting a 20% increase. What? What? Yeah, an increase in closed transactions. That's right. Yeah, baby. So, so on a national seems, average, yeah. seems pretty high, in my opinion. I think they may have overshot that a little yeah, bit. I agree. The predictions I'm seeing on interest rates, which I think is going to fuel that that growth, is it's going to be slower than what people are originally predicting. Uh, Mortgage Bankers Association, or something along those lines, they said by the end of the year of this year, their projection was six point one percent. Six point one. Okay. But that's a huge increase or decrease from 8% where they were. Sure. So think about how much more yeah. purchasing power you have. And technically, if you had 20% less people than average selling or buying in 2023, at some point, you're probably going to have to make up that difference. Well, and so is that going to come over one year or is it going to come over multiple years? Yeah. So what NAR is predicting is $4.8 million in sales, which is still below the average of 52 But we got really close to, on a 12-month rolling period, touching 4 million, actually, in 2023. Mm. And so I think it's going to feel a lot more busy. You know, one of the things that we all talked about was Tyson specifically talked about how the good old days when you used to drive people around in your car and you could show them six houses and then the next day you'd show them another six houses. And did that happen in 2023? Or was it still like... Oh, my gosh. Still very few. Oh, my gosh. If it's pretty... And not a turd, it sells. And the rest of the houses, I'm like, I'm sorry. They're all turds. <laughs> like, there's so still nothing true. to show you. Yeah. Well, inventory is, is, is pretty low. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I, I would say towards the end of the year, I, I would challenge that a little bit. Tyson, uh, you were in hibernation or something. <laughs> I didn't Retirement. I got no, bored. I remodeled my own house. That's how bored I was. <laughs> I think Brian was about to touch on it, but the average days on market is over 40, right? So if you had an active buyer and you're going out there, they definitely had opportunities to see it when it first hit the market, look at other properties, and then you know potentially circle back if they wanted to, to do well, that. I think to Tyson's point, though, I think what he was saying is, if it was, you said it was nice at all, it had offers, right? Yep. And, but if it was below average, and I think a lot of agents, and this is going to piss people off, a lot of agents got super lazy and just started throwing their garbage up thinking it was going to sell like it would yep. a year or totally prior. Agree. And today you have to, you've got to prep the properties, yep. right? You got to get them ready. You got to get them cleaned up. You got to coach your sellers to do those things. And because if you're not in the top, two or three, you're not going to get an offer. Or you're going to be substantially below market, right? Not slightly below market. That's fact. Yeah, I think one of the most valuable people that you could have in your vendors right now is the guy who goes in and can patch up drywall, paint, uh, you know, maybe somebody to switch out the carpet, you know, those little things to make it look nice. Because, I mean, I've always said that it doesn't matter if it's bad or really bad if you're going to flip it, right? But a lot of people don't have the money, the available cash to go do it themselves. So so the flippers are still going after those things. But if it's really bad, you might as well just leave it and just lower the price and lower your expectations. Now, inventory... That's the biggest piece is the expectations conversation. And I think that's where a lot of our peers are missing the mark. Is there... Yes, it may be that gem that gets multiple offers in the first few days that's on the market. But if it doesn't hit that and check all of those boxes... We need to be having those conversations with the seller saying, hey, listen, it's taking over a month now to, to get it. We need 15 showings yeah. on average in order to get a um, mm-hmm. an offer. And, and, and to your point, I think this is where uh, higher producing agents or agents that do more volume um, in units has a huge advantage because if you're doing that, you see that nuance happening in the market. You see that this listing that you just listed is getting fewer showings than the one you had prior. You're seeing the reduced activity on one versus another one that you have active based on the condition of the property. And if you're doing multiple units, you have that guy Brian's talking about that will go in and clean up the trash, wipe up the cobwebs, clean the windows. And if you're an agent who is a onesie, twosie, 
you don't have those things available to you. And so if you don't, like you got to go get them. Align yourself with those. Seriously. Yeah, right. And pay attention, like get, get to your classes and pay attention to this stuff because the market's moving so rapidly right now. Yep. Now the active listings ended the year down 25.7%. Yeah. 4,732 listings um, active at the end of December. Yeah. Now we talked about switching over from a, uh, a seller's market to a buyer's market. That certainly didn't happen. We all agreed right. that that wasn't going to happen. That definitely did not happen. Um, Keith touched on the days on the market, month supply, 1.4 months. Um, wow, pending listings, 2,319 in December. Well, there's another stat, though, for December. is That's that's the lowest, second yeah. lowest. 2022 was slightly lower, but that's that's a really small number. Yeah. That means a lot of agents did not do a transaction in December. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, December had the lowest number of new listings in like the past 10 years. So it was like yep. 1600 which is 50% of what you typically see hitting the market in December. So that just says January, December, February is going to still continue to be a low inventory market. A low inventory and probably lower number of transactions until yeah. people catch up and get the houses on the market, right? Okay, so uh, percent close price to list price. We're down below 100%. So that's good. We talked about in the podcast, the first one, it's a skills-based market. And specifically, Tyson said, uh, when we asked, what kind of skills do you need to have in order to be competitive? And he talked about negotiation. Yes, yes. Yeah. The fun stuff. Yeah, I think that showed up a ton in 2023. Yeah. I think what happened was, is we saw uh, points being paid. We'd see closing costs. We'd see... Uh, offers way below list price. Uh, personally, I, I saw um, agents getting offers and clients basically saying, I'm not going to even counter that yeah. because, you know, that's too low of an of, of initial offer. I mean, why would you never counter? Why wouldn't you counter an offer that you get? I mean, we have to learn how to speak to our clients and help them understand at least they wrote an offer yeah. and the other people that looked at your house didn't. So you got to keep talking to them. Right, I'm closing on a 60-day close next week. I got my buyers a 60-day close. Wow! And fourteen thousand dollars for a three-two-one buy-down. Wow! On a house price at four sixty-five. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, so th- on your price average, does that take into af- effect the concessions or not? No, I don't think so. It, Be- it's just the. But so you're you're right. We need to see that number. Yeah, I, I wonder if we could get that number somewhere. Yeah. Adding in concessions, right. how much lower? Because I bet it's probably at least a point lower. I think it's. I bet you it's more than that because we just did our newsletter for January, our winter newsletter, and we put in our negotiations on the deals, the buyers that we represented, and the the worst one we got ten thousand in concessions. Right. One of them we got twenty five thousand. Right, and these are all under five hundred thousand recent sales. So that'd so, be a half a point. Yeah, half a on five hundred twenty five thousand. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's five percent. Five percent. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah. Well, no. Good thing he's not. It's been a long time since he's done a commission deal. I actually love that you said that. I didn't even think about that. These yeah. average sales prices, they're, it's misleading. They're, they're, it's misleading. It's, and I, it, it's everyone's holding on. It's almost like new builds, right? So new builds, yeah. they're sitting there they're like, hey, look, we got to keep the sales price. We got to yeah. keep this the consistency here, but. We'll give you everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever well, I can do. All of a sudden, we're their friends again. Yeah, right? exactly. Hey, yeah, so yeah, we exactly. remember you now. Yeah. Hey, yeah. We love you, you this, this month. Yeah. We'll it's pay now four, five, six. We'll pay you, you a bonus. Yeah. We'll finish the basement and yeah. we'll give you 4.99 exactly. interest. But the sales price is the same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the buyer's like, eh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's, let's move on to some of the things we talked about for agents that were going to be important. Okay. We talked about. Um, social media. So how does social media show up for agents during 2023? I saw a lot of agents having a lot more time on their hands. 
and doing a lot more social media. <laughs> and it was kind not of effect- nice. It, it was- got not really effective either. It was just, they were just doing more social media. Let's be honest. It was kind of nice not seeing the mic. Look at me at this house. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh. I sold another one. It's like, you didn't sell another one. Yeah. Now you're TikToking. Oh, I saw an agent reposting all of her past sales. <laughs> right. And I, I'm like looking at this and I'm like, you saw that like a year ago. And then I realized I was like, that is brilliant. <laughs> and write that down. <laughs> so good. Well, I think part of it, though, is is uh, our friend Art, Art uh, Vasquez in uh, downtown. He has a class called Social Proof, where it's really the whole concept of it is is to help people see that you're busy yes. and help people see that you're active in real estate because there's a lot of agents that aren't. I mean, if you look at that number, 2,400 closed transactions in December, yeah. I mean, that means a lot of agents didn't do anything. What's They'd, our current agent count? 37? Uh, I have no idea. It's somewhere between five and fifty thousand. I have no right. clue. Every time, I think it's in the forties. Is it forty thousand? Last stat I heard, Colorado I was for 40, Colorado forty two, forty three. I want to say, but I think we lost quite a bit. I think. It, well, and that's I'm sure it's changing. You know, uh, this year with renewals uh, yeah. that happened at the end of the year, a lot of people was elected to get out of it. What NARS numbers are starting to drop? Yeah, We're yeah. seeing that. Um, that may be due to the class action lawsuits and things along those lines. Policies have changed from some franchisees mm-hmm. or franchisors saying, okay, we're not going to put into your franchise document that you have to be a board office and join that. So there's some freedoms that are coming up. So I don't know that we're going to see it. Slash they have to work. <laughs> yeah, That's why. Yeah. Right? Actually work. No, but I don't, I, I think NAR is going to see a larger percentage of drop in their numbers than we will at Dora. Just with people yeah. going, not beca- not staying realtors, right? But I do I do think social media was a huge tool for agents because it it's a piece of marketing that is free, mm-hmm. it's easy to do, and a lot of the people who were doing it at a high level were very busy. You know what I saw personally was I saw a lot of the agents who failed to grasp the concept of uh, marketing through social media be very slow in twenty twenty three. Yeah. I think that the typical agent, what we used to do 10 years ago, is completely changed. And if you didn't adapt to video and you didn't adapt to social media and you didn't adapt to you know, all the tools that are out there now. By the way, one of the things that you said in the first podcast, Sean, was we had a little bit of an argument about uh, Twitter. Oh, yeah. What's the number one most visited uh, social media site? It's Twitter. Sorry. X. Still, you yep. mean X? X, sorry, yeah, yeah X, yeah. whatever. Get with the program. Yeah. And I'm, and I don't even know my X login. Which is funny, is because like you know, I I do check out X. I can't call it that. <laughs> I just can't. Why did I, they change the name? Did you check out your X? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eline is fascinated yeah. with X. Groovy, yeah. man. <laughs> so wow, anyway, that button on cue that was awesome. <laughs> so I my usually point check is, out my X on Facebook. <laughs> it's really gotten bizarre on there. There's it's lots of crazy people and conspiracy theory. And so I don't think that's going to continue because mm. I know a lot of people that are, are leaving that site because um, it's just complete chaos there. Yeah. And so I don't think it's a really good place to go uh, market for real estate. It is if you're a conspiracy theory person, you're going to get a lot of traffic yeah. there. I, I don't know. I would challenge that a little bit, Brian. I've started spending more time on X uh, myself. And there are uh, the two. guy with the beanie and a beard. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, I think, just said he's on X. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I would say there's there's two groups in there. There's the conspiracy theorists, the crazies, the ones that are you know just throwing anything against the wall and trying to get an audience on that. But then there's also another group that's out there. If you can get connected with them, they're highly connected, very tight. There's a lot of deep relationships that are being built and, and some quality information that's being shared. So if you wanted to actually start learning how to expand into a different type of a market. You know are the you earth talking, is round, right? You, <laughs> I was going to ask if you're talking about OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, that's <my>. nasty. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Anyway, oh, so. got off the rails. <laughs> Anyway, going back to real estate. Yes. Um, okay. What else? What other trends did we see in the real estate marketing industry? Well, well, hold on. Before we shift on the social media, one of the things I noticed is I was an early adopter of TikTok, and I started with my account where I was building the Mustang with the Tesla drivetrain, and that early on because they had very few content creators tiktok would promote you like crazy and so we got to 13,000 followers in a really rapid 
like how many of them months. in the U.S. No, uh, yeah, right. the rest of them in China. <laughs> yeah, a lot of haters. I'll just tell you, there's a lot of. Hate. You put a Tesla motor in a Mustang, the people get pissed, yeah. right? But um, today, I notice, like, I think because TikTok has ramped up so fast, TikTok doesn't need to promote the content creators. So where you used to do, uh, you'd, you'd create a video or something, you'd get 200 to 900 views, like really consistently. Now you're getting 50, 60. So today you have to really have um, a very unique entry point to why you're doing your videos or a very niche market that you're communicating to so that it, the algorithm can pick you up and promote you that way. It's it's not quite as easy today. Now, we do have a social media class we should probably plug coming up on the 30th where we have you know somebody coming in talking about TikTok, YouTube, um, Instagram, Facebook. And one of the presenters, I mean, he's like the number two agent in, I think, Fort Lauderdale. Well, the question is, is do you use social media to attract new people or do you do it to connect with your existing people? See, I think yes. social media, I know it is both, right? It's, but I, I do think that it's, it's actually more effective to connect with your existing yeah. people than it is to State attract phase. people I, that you don't know. I don't know. know. Right. I don't know. Because if you look at the, the, the gentleman who's presenting for YouTube on the 30th, his name is Sam Newman, right? He's a local guy here in Colorado. And if you go to his YouTube page, it's all about what is it like to live in Denver? What's your hmm. lifestyle in Denver? So he's touring the parks. He's taking you to the coffee shops. He's showing you it the Sounds different- so familiar. Where have I heard this right. idea yeah. before? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's it's about doing it, Brian, yeah. not talking about it. No, like, I talk about difference. it. I, I do know people that have done it and <laughs> yeah. have actually done really well because that's what you do. Yeah. You become, we that. talked about being the celebrity yeah. in your market. That's what we that talked about. Florida guy but, that's coming. But and, that, yeah. And he, he's always interviewing people about what's the best restaurant in town. Yeah. What's the best ice cream to have? What's the best blah, blah, blah. So like if yeah. I'm ever going to go to Boca Raton, whatever he's at, right? Like I know who to contact because it appears that he, he knows it exactly. all there. And so my point to you, Brian, is um, I think if you're going to enter a social media platform, you do have to make a decision on on each individual account. I think you can have two accounts. You can have one where you're like, hey, this is for my SOI, my friends, sure. my family. And then you have one that's like, you know, lifestyle in wherever you're at that is for people who are you know, not familiar with you or new to the or relocating or relocating. Relocating would be a good example of why you would do that. Yeah. Right. Somebody, because we talked about, I mean, there was, uh, I'm trying to remember the number. It was 250,000 people who are moving to Colorado every year. No, 243,000. We're losing Mm 254,000. So 243,000 people are moving to Colorado every year. Massive. That's a huge number of people that are coming here and they probably don't have a relationship. So I think your presence on social media and things like that, people, uh, they buy an area. They don't buy a house. That's the reality. They say, I want to live in this area, and then they find the house in that area. And so if you're the the person who's the expert in that area, then I think you have a huge advantage. I think that goes back to NAR. Every client wants someone that they can trust, and they want the expert. You said that in the first. There you go. You said that in the first one. So then if you can keep portraying that, to your database and to others, well, then you start to grow. Right. I think the guy you're talking about is Ken Pozak yep. from Orlando, yep. and he's his stuff is. I amazing. just saw he's coming to the summit. Yeah. In yeah. September. Yeah, he's good speakers. Great. Great. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Okay. What other trends did we see in real estate that maybe we hadn't seen before uh, 2023, or the, something that really showed showed up at a big level? I would like to share this. I'm out in the burbs. I live in Broomfield. And it's not on this paper here in front of me. But this is the first year out of 13 years that I rarely, I I didn't have barely any suburban clients calling me to sell and buy in the burbs. Hmm. Interesting. I thought the burbs were super quiet. Where were they going? They just weren't moving. They were just sitting, yeah. Well, everybody was sitting on the the, sidelines. I get it, but, but I heard like, I hear stories in Denver, multiple offers. I heard stories in Golden. Boulder. I guess what I'm saying, the hot areas stayed hot. The burbs, a little frosty. Well, think, I'm just saying. Here's the biggest difference, I think, at the burbs versus uh, areas like Boulder or areas like Denver is uh, second homes and investment properties. There's fewer of those in the burbs. Sure. Right. And slash investment and, properties. And that's what's moving. I, don't, I didn't have a lot of investors buying. Yeah. I bought a house last year. Damn near 8% interest rate, you know, but... 
whatever. Hey, you it can was fix a future that play. Year, right? That's right. I'll fix probably two percent down. And so. that's well. That, that kind of goes back to marry the home, date, and then date the rate. You know. There you go. So. There you go. What else did we see? Uh, one thing I saw was especially the high end properties. Um, there was a huge uh, opportunity for negotiation. In fact, um, you know, we're talking about million, multi million dollar houses and getting several hundred thousand. You know, I heard of one that there was a million dollar reduction in the price. Yeah. So did you guys see that? Did you hear anything about that? I need more rich friends. If you have a million dollars, <laughs> please call Tyson Mullis and let's talk about Well, those houses. people had money. You know, they, yeah. they had equity. They had access to money because this uh, one particular deal, it wasn't a typical loan that they got. They went out and they got a loan through their investment bank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they have opportunities that maybe some other people don't have. Right, yeah. and a lot of people that are high end buyers, they're cash buyers anyway. Totally, yeah, and they're looking for a deal. They are looking for a deal. Yeah, they want to negotiate. They want to feel like they got a win. And in twenty twenty three, I think they got that deal. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. Okay, so, so that goes back to so like this is what I also saw last year was it was started with the four Ds and now it's like eight Ds, but it was the only people that had the motivation were those that were going through death, mm-hmm. divorce. Debt, downsizing, then it turned into diapers, diplomas, and then I added the seventh, dumb money. Dumb you money. Know, yeah. You What's dumb, dumb money? money? The, the multi-millions. Oh, the, the guy who just made a ton of money and had to do Not that they're it. dumb. They just have they stupid have, money. They have, they have so money. much money. I had to say D. Yeah, yeah. I just had to use it as a yeah, D. You but just need dumb money. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. those are the people. So they have enough money that they can play the game that... Interest rates don't bother them. Yeah. Slash, they probably didn't even get affected by interest rates because they were playing a cash game at multi-millions. You know, it's so funny because I have a friend that made more money in 2023 by far than they had ever made. And we're talking multi-multi-million dollars. I mean, and this person went out and bought so much real estate because it. it was such a great time to buy. Love it. You know, and I think that's a key is, is being on, sometimes being on the opposite side of what everybody else is doing. Yeah. You know, there please, were deals please don't to be talk had. about me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, his name was Sean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Wow, that was that good, my that, ears. that one was pretty loud, yeah. But Hopefully right, that doesn't make people, somebody crash if right. they're listening in the car. Yeah. But really, I had, a, I had a lot of people downsizing um, their portfolios. A lot of yeah. old yeah. people with a lot of rentals were like, perfect. Yeah. I'm yeah. starting to feel the trend. I'm starting to feel the difference. Let's sell high. Well, well they actually, you know. one of the things that you said was... If you remember, I don't remember. You anything. said I'm <laughs> Tell me selling everything. You said yeah. you, know, you said for rentals, sell everything. It's never going to be this high ever again. Yeah. So does that happen in the market? Too? And then he bought. <laughs> I bought a future rental play, <laughs> dude. I bought I bought a property. Dumb right? money. Right? Yep. Dumb money. <laughs> I bought. I sold a investment property. Ten thirty one it into another property. This one was converted. My buddy flipped it, so two one up, two one down, lock off, rent both up and down. It's C one zoning in Denver. It's a larger lot. I'm going to build an ADU in the back, and that's going to be my house 15 years from now. So when I can just travel the world, I have a place to come back to in Colorado. So way future, uh, way way future. Good play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey. no, hold on. If you're not talking about people's future, who? If you don't ask somebody, what are you going to do in 15 years with your real estate? Then you don't know, and you might not be able to help them now. Being okay. a landlord on premises it sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won't be really on. He's coming home. Yeah. You're Get the in toilet an ADU. Yeah. That's, that's they a- can walk out their back door and <laughs> knock on knock, your knock, front. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> okay, I have something that changed drastically in 2023, which is Denver rental requirements. Ugh. Right? Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Colorado, the legislation last year passed a lot of anti-landlord friendly. Tell us all about it. <laughs> I actually have to care now, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, so uh, things like um, you can't charge pet fees anymore. There's a limitation on the amount of pet rent that you can charge, a limitation on the security deposit that you can collect. Um, it's the, not making it like, fun to be a, an no. investor. Yeah, you have to license in Denver. You have to now license yeah. your prop. Your prop. Now, this is for anybody. Annual inspections. Annual the, inspections. Yeah. 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 But this is for anybody over five units, though, right? Isn't it? Or is it for one unit? Now in in Denver, any any property that you're okay, wow, you're renting, yeah. you have to have a license through the city of and county of Denver. Yeah, um, it started where it went commercial first, and then they went to multifamily, and then they went to single family requirements. So it was a layered 
requirement, but now as of first of this year, everybody that's renting and well, so they made it a lot harder to be a landlord. Yeah, where was cars? <laughs> they, they made it a lot m- more difficult for sure, and even the Colorado Supreme Court, right? Yeah, they said that the CARES Act didn't have any specific language in it that said it would expire, and so now if, if the property is what they call covered, so it's owned by Fannie, Freddie, or one of the government entities or something along those lines, you have to serve a 30-day notice in Colorado for wow. payment of rent. Wow. Hmm. Well, yep. that, that'll that change things. So that'll be interesting. I mean, I, I would think that that probably brings prices down a little bit, too, because there's not as many investors that are going to jump into that. Well, one of the attractive things about investing in Colorado and Denver, specifically for the past previous 10 to 20 years, right? Back when I was selling a ton of investment properties was the low tax base. Like we have really low taxes. I mean, Denver, a lot of properties are at half a percent, yeah. right? Yep. And and the fact that it was very landlord-friendly environment. Yep. You could get people out within three weeks, right? And and if you start changing those demographics, investors are going to move away. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So what did we learn? So the in the last couple minutes, what did we learn in 2023 that we're going to carry forward to 2024? I'm going to look for more Ds, but that's, <laughs> wait, but wait. Well, you, that was an important point. We did talk about motivation. how it's important to find motivation, that's find it. the motivation. I, and that's, if I keep finding motivation, I'll make money. So watch out. I will turn over rocks to find the motivated. That's All right. Yeah, Does that mean you're coming back guy. to work? Yeah. <laughs> Starting tomorrow. Let's go. <laughs> Why do tomorrow what you can do day after tomorrow? There's this smart guy that I know that always just says, hey, you know what? Real estate comes down to call people, see people. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> That's what it is. So yep. just call people, see people, have a direction on it, um, and have an item of value or something special to talk to them about. Um, and that's Well, and I think adding to that is know the market. Know your market. Know what you're talking about. Because typically when people say or ask, is this a good time to sell? And everybody says, yeah. Well, you know, you need to know exactly what's going on. Mm. And so you're not that person who takes the listing and prices it really high. And then you have to keep having those conversations and the, your seller is chasing the market down. Because yeah. right. I think that was one of the things that was a big adjustment for people is we pushed values so far uh, over the last few years, and every house that got listed, you know, you made a point where you said we talked about uh, financing at 103 percent, and you said, well, actually, because prices went up so high, and everybody kept pricing their high or the house, the next one, the highest price in the neighborhood, you technically were getting 103 percent. Well, that happened for a long time, and now people are riding the prices down. They're riding the uh, average price down. They're riding the value of their home down because agents aren't pricing houses correctly. Yeah. yeah. Do we, are we going to do 2024 projections? Oh, let's do it. Oh yeah. yeah we yeah, might as well go for it. Yeah. Let's throw it out. What do you got, Sean? Okay. Here's what I'm, here's my prediction. I think it's going to be another, I'm going to call the term frozen year where your, your current client database who are your traditional, I'm living in a house and I'll take a bigger house. If it's, makes sense for my family, I think that market's going to be relatively frozen. It's not going to make a lot of sense for these people to move up still. Um, and so I'm going to say a little contrary to what Keith's saying, which is call people, see people. I'm going to say I'm focusing 100% with Tyson on find the motivated, um, focusing all my market, super niche, you know, pre-foreclosures, um, out-of-state investors, those kind of things. That's, that's going to be my focus this year. Well, I think it... Keith's defense, that's why you call people and you see people. You find those people because, yeah. you know, the reality of it is, is that sounds if, like a lot of work. if we had, <laughs> yeah, I know, it's called relationship, <laughs> Sean. Like a lot <laughs> <laughs> so in, the reality of it is, is if the market did have 20% less transactions last year yeah. than what the average is, that still means four out of uh, every 100 people are going to buy or sell real estate this year. Instead of five, yeah. it's 4% instead of 5%, if it stays the same. If it's 5%, you have five people out of every 100 people in your database that are going to do a real estate transaction. Yeah. And that may be because of one of the Ds that uh, Tyson brought up. Yeah. And you have to find those people because we all know people in 2023 that got divorced, that had diapers, that had, I don't even remember what all the diplomas, diplomas and, and, and everything. Yeah. And it was a need-based sell. Yeah. For a okay. lot of these people. Okay. And so, then we all also knew a lot of people who decided, hey, Colorado's not a place for me anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go move to wherever 
because of the politics or, or whatever. That's true. Okay, so here's my prediction. Or people liquidating their portfolio, right. their rental portfolios, based off of being done with it or the new laws that were passed yeah. or something along those lines. Okay, here's my prediction as far as number of units. Put it I on think, the board. Let's go. Yeah, I think this. 20% increase. I, I, I'm good with that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to jump on that. However, I, I am not confident that we're going to see a huge decrease in interest rates. And I don't feel like the government right now is doing anything aggressive. It's very, everything's super soft plays. Like where we're thinking push here, they don't push quite as far. So I don't think we're going to see that, but I do think we're going to see a spike because of some of the other pent up demand. Um, and I think that there's just a, a better sense of um, stability in the economy. So rates are going up or going down from where they are right now? Oh, they're definitely going down. But I don't think we're going to see anywhere near the fives. No, no, no. I I don't think anybody's predicting anywhere near the fives. Okay. I think six and an eighth, six and a quarter. You said six to... 6.1 is what I saw. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'm going to... At the end of the year. I'm going to throw this. It will blip under six, like 5.95 for two and a half days and then jump back up. And it'll probably be in uh, April and the market will explode when that happens. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that will happen. I think this spring is going to be very, very busy yeah. because there's been a lot of people. So be ready to that. refinance. <laughs> <laughs> have, have your docs into your lender for that day. All right. Right. <laughs> All right, Keith, what's yours? No, I, I think, I think we're going to see price appreciation over what we saw this year, this mm-hmm. last year. So I would say somewhere, we look back in 25 at 24, it's going to be 6 to 8% higher in terms of the average close price. Mm-hmm. I do think that we're going to see some some activity coming in the spring. I, I definitely agree with that. A lot of the people that decided to sit on the sidelines did so because of an 8% interest rate. Now they're looking at it, and if it gets in the 65 that's a point and a half difference. That's a big number for them. If they were shocked by 8 now it's going to become tolerable for them in the 6.5%. So I think we're going to see you know, some of those people. Um, and you know the burbs and stuff that you were talking about, nobody's moving. It, the pain of moving into an 8% interest rate was greater than the pain of staying where they're at. I think we'll get some of those people where the pain is now shifted. Like, oh, six and a half, I can deal with that. I'll give up my three and a half percent interest rate because I got to get away from my kids. That's the being on top of them or something along those lines is just driving me crazy. I can't go through another year. So we'll see number of units increase. We'll see average price increase. And, and I think a majority of that's going to happen in the springtime coming. All right. Real fast. Uh, what was the interest rate at this time last year when we played this game? Like six and. Six and a half. Perfect. So six and a half. I'm going with this year at this time next year. Six and a half. So same Z's. Same Z's this last year. Same Z's this year. Which then leads to the same thing I said last year. Affordability still sucks. The only reason we're saying it's, oh, it's better is because it was at eight. Right. Yeah. But still six and a half sucks. Because taxes are going up. Everything. Dude, uh, credit card debt and savings are going down. I talk to other people, not just real estate agents, because all real estate agents are like, I'm losing money. Well, guess what? Other people are losing money. There's still tough times. So I think as much pain as there is, people are still going to be sitting on the sidelines saying, I can't afford Colorado. I can't afford to move from one burb in the city to the next city. So they don't. And I think the numbers stay the same. I don't see an increase in sales. And I see the average sales price, me personally, still staying pretty plateau. So, yeah, relatively speaking, from a 3% to a 6.5% sucks. Yep. I don't disagree with that. But how we got to 3, Fed was dumping a lot of extra money, buying mortgage bonds, doing a bunch of stuff to manipulate it to get down to that. We are not getting back to that. And I think the general public is going to start realizing that, you know what, I can sit on the sideline all I want. I'm not going to get another 3.5% interest rate. Where did they get more money, though? They got to cut costs, and there really is nothing else to cut anymore because mm. everything else costs so much damn money. Mm. I'm well, sorry stop, to swear. Stop buying so many things. <laughs> Have you seen the Amazon trucks? Well, <laughs> like, you can't the blame packages. the businesses, though. That you can't blame businesses for raising prices and keeping them there. I, I mean, I, there was a supply either. issue, yeah. but we proved during COVID that people will continue to pay those high prices. So why would they reduce them now? Mm. They're not going to do that until people stop spending money. All right, here. So here's I. Agree with a lot of Tyson says, which makes me a little Ugh, worried because I'm typically, you know, a little bit more on the positive side of life than, than Tyson is. 
But uh, super positive. Yeah, I, I think we're going to see a lot of people that sat on the sidelines list their house, and so inventory is going to go up. When inventory goes up, um, there'll be slightly more buyers. I think twenty percent maybe is a little aggressive, but fifteen to twenty percent it's going to last in there. But I don't see prices going up a lot because the inventory is going to go up, and when inventory goes up and you do slightly more transactions, you're not going to see a lot of increase in price. So last year we had 4%, which is the national average for the last 30 years, 4% per year. That's what I'm thinking, 4%. I do think rates are going to be around uh, between 6 and 6.5 six and by the summer, and then they'll tick up a little bit uh, as you know the market actually heats up. So well, and, and I'm just going to throw out one more very unpopular view, and this was sparked by here comes some, a conspiracy some, theory. It is. It is going to be a little conspiracy. Um, something Tyson said, but I think I think we're going to let's go. <laughs> Where did you find that one? <laughs> I think we're going to find some home builders um, going under. Yeah, because if you look at commercial financing, that money is going to start to run out. They're going to have a hell of a time renewing their their money. And um, they're going to be getting beaten up with each other, fighting for the lowest common contributor. And I think they're going to run out of cash. And we're going to lose some builders. Amen to that. Totally agree. No, no, I totally agree. I I didn't hit that button. We'll see next year. We'll see next year. I don't know. I think there's a lot of construction going on in Denver right now. There's there's more that I've... As far as single-family houses or... So there was there in 2008. Yeah, that's true. And my business partners were builders. Yeah, that's right? true. And I watched them go from we're, number one builder, well, you know, one <laughs> number thing, one builder to bankrupt. One thing we didn't talk about was that's one of the predictions that we you made, Sean, yeah. was about banks going under. Because okay. at the time there was a bank that went under yeah, that's right. yeah. and that didn't happen either. And so, you know, the thing is is I think that there's a phenomenon right now in, in uh the media which is the extreme prediction gets the most attention. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm trying to get ratings here, Brian. <laughs> Clickbait on a podcast. I haven't heard that before. Yeah, Brian didn't know how this works, yeah. does he? <laughs> yeah, we're just keeping it real here. And so, you know. We're number five in Denver because of me. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, Wait, exactly. But really there's only five? six that are participating. So, yes. you know. <laughs> there's only six. All right. Anything else, guys, that you want to point out or that you want to bring up? Uh. We're way past the 45-minute uh, mark sorry. right now. but yeah, That was fun. All right. Well, I think we're good. All right, guys. We're good. Appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you guys soon.